You're listening to the Awkward High Five Podcast. You can follow along in your book. You'll know it's time to turn the page when you hear the chimes ring like this. Where do you think you're going? Nobody's leaving. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no, we're all in this together. This is a full-blown four-alarm holiday emergency here. We're going to press on, and we're going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking K. And when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney night, he's going to find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nuthouse. You're goofy. Don't piss me off, Art. What I was uh, what I was trying to say to you is I was thinking that same exact clip, like right up to that same exact point. Really? Yeah, right up to "Don't Piss Me Off," Art. Boom, right there. Just thinking that same exact clip. Really? Yeah. You know, out of all that whole movie, I, like I was thinking of all the different because there's so many fucking different parts of that movie, especially things that you still say. The most obvious one would have been, you know, "Merry Christmas." The shitter's full. Um, you know, there's so many different ones, but yeah. but when I kept it going in my mind back and forth, I was like, no, that's the one where it's yeah. like, don't piss me off, Art. Mm-hmm. Fucking love that part. I still find new ones when I watch that movie. Like yeah. When he tells uh, Clark about his kid that works in the circus, like, he's going to be barking with the yak woman. <laughs> oh, I fucking love when, it, when he's like, uh, when, when he's when um, he's fucking around with all the shit in his <laughs> living room, and he the flicks the thing, and he breaks it, and he's like, he was a pixie pixie dust uh, tw- uh, <laughs> spreader on the tilt a whirl. That shit is hilarious. Welcome to the Awkward High Five Podcast. My name is Devin. And I'm Richie. Um, and we are, we are full-on, full-blown aged into the Christmas season. Yeah. Which, um... I am not feeling at all. How about no, you? No. The greatest thing I've seen this season so far is they actually have an Eddie decoration of him emptying his shitter. Oh, really? <laughs> like a blow-up thing you can put in your yard. That's the best thing I've seen this year so far. Every year we have the um, – we our friends have a, uh, a Christmas party and we do the um, the ever-so-popular white elephant, yeah. you know, or, or some people may call it a naughty Santa yeah. gift exchange if everybody's familiar with this where you all put the gifts in and then you could steal people's gifts and stuff like that. And I believe it was last year or the year before but um somebody actually had bought the uh the actual the, the, like the the moose glasses that they drink the eggnog out of oh yeah that always makes eggnog look yeah, real good I, I have n- i have never had eggnog have you i've had it yeah really yeah i used to love it as a kid i can't stand it now but it's alcoholic isn't it only if you put the rum in oh you can make eggnog without alcohol yeah. i always just figured it was an alcoholic yeah thing. i mean around christmas they come out with like milk cartons of just eggnog you know so you just put that in sprinkle some cinnamon and that's it oh but, you know okay. you could add i think rum is the alcohol that goes oh so you it. could buy Buy eggnog in like yeah. a container. It can't be good though. Yeah. I figure that's something I mean, you have to like make, right? When I was what young. is in eggnog? I don't even know. I'm so it's too milky for me. Yeah, there's too I much mucus going like on it. in it. <laughs> don't share a glass of eggnog <laughs> no. with anybody, dude. Before can I can I tell you something? There there's a, a a maniac on Facebook that um that he puts shit up all the time, and uh, and me and one of my close friends 
um, whose name is similar to our arch nemesis, but is but but not the same. But um, but we we always text back, whether it's cool or not. I don't know. But this dude is such a nutcase that the shit he puts on Facebook, we always just will take screenshots of the pictures and send it back and forth and make jokes. And you uh-huh. know, so we've been doing this for like two days straight or whatever because he's just been rampant in the last few days, posting away. But he he put a picture up. Um, and, 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 uh, my friend's contention is that it, it, he says that, uh, well, I think that this guy's just a, like a, a, like a maniac, probably half like friggin' invalid, you know? <laughs> and, and, um, and my friend who thinks that, uh, um, that he's, he's like the world's greatest internet troll, that he's really not this stupid, that he's just playing, you know, that's yeah. his like thing that he's just playing a trick on everybody. And, um, I said, I sent him a picture the other night. To show that he is not only just a maniac, but he's probably a murderous psychopath (laughs) because he put a picture of him and whoever he was with. They were at a restaurant, a bar restaurant, actually, down right on the Jersey Shore. Great restaurant right on the beginning of a bridge that a lot of people go to. And um, it's the type of place where you go to get, you know, maybe a steak or maybe like a seafood sandwich and a couple beers. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And he was there with his guest. And he put a picture up on Facebook, and in the picture, in front of him, his beverage was milk with a straw in it. Oh, with his dinner? <laughs> I, I didn't see a dinner yet, but I'm guessing that that was what was going on. So this, <laughs> this, so tell me that that is not the mar- like the cops should have bur- burst in the windows and fucking <laughs> handcuffed them there. If you go to a restaurant, especially like at dinner time, and they ask you what you want to drink, and you say, "I'll take a glass of milk," can you please bring me a straw? You should get locked up and baker acted. Well, you know what? I ordered chocolate milk with breakfast. Chocolate milk is a completely different thing. Yeah. That's more and like I a, only have it with waffles or pancakes. I won't have it with eggs. Chocolate milk is closer to a milkshake kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's yeah. it's more of a, a like a treat it's than like a it dessert is almost. But if you're ordering milk mm-hmm. and drinking it with a straw as your main beverage, which with probably some sort of seafood, seafood. or something <laughs> like that. You should be locked up. Yeah, that always reminds me of uh, the 1950s for some reason. Like, I feel like that's what Leave It to Beaver had with his dinner. You know? Yeah, like, well, that's because motherfuckers did that back then because so weird. because milk was one of the the first mar- like giant marketing campaigns, you know, of all time. It was like that shit was pushed so early on, and and there were so little choices that people just friggin' mm-hmm. drank milk. Yeah, you know? they must be getting sick like crazy, like milk with spaghetti. <laughs> Yeah, right. It's, uh, oh, man. I mean, just milk on its own just freaks me out. I think I think yeah. we've already talked about yeah, this on yeah. here, but you even saying it is making my fucking mouth start watering. I'm a shit. big milk fan, so yeah, I, I can't say anything. I know. So, I mean, it's more chocolate, but if you know, if I'm going to have a glass of milk, it's usually after I eat something chocolatey. Like, if I'm going to have a chocolate donut, there's going to be a glass of milk with it to either dunk or wash down the chocolate. I understand that. I understand that. I have been known to, if I was enjoying some cookies... Have a glass of milk to dip the cookies in. Yeah, I would never drink the glass of milk afterwards. I don't believe. No, but I would dip them. I would dip the cookies in the milk. I understand that, but I'm talking about going to a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, and ordering insane. milk. Anyway, that, and, I don't. Know. And then posting that that's your choice. <laughs> well, I, that was like a side thing. I just noticed that because I probably studied the shit <laughs> yeah. for so long to come up with jokes to make my friend laugh. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. I am. I, it is now. We were what nine days, ten days out from Christmas. Yeah, and I am not. I am not feeling it. it might no. It might. No. It, there's there's a couple different factors. I think. I think first and foremost, it's probably because I'm still floating in the stratosphere as far as my life goes. Like 
not really fucking having a place to live and mm-hmm. not really working and not being well, that with anybody has a lot. All. The money thing has a lot to do with it. Well, it's not it's not money. It's not. I might feel a little bit better if I was able to buy everyone a gift or something. Right. But since I'm not able to, it really makes me feel like a piece of shit. Oh uh, yeah. Okay, I get that. That's you know? yeah. I mean, I had you know the money's not the thing. Like I like I personally, I, I just because I'm not working doesn't mean I, I have money. You know, I, I'm I'm able to. Although I didn't, I don't have anybody. I bought I bought my mom something. I bought my father something, and I bought my niece something. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's all you got to do. Yeah, me yeah. and my brother don't fucking right. You, you know, know why waste? What's the point of that? Yeah, he gives me a fifty dollar gift. I give him a fifty dollar gift, and we're like. Oh. You might as well just go buy yourself shit. Yeah, right. Exactly. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I just like, I'm not, I'm not the biggest Christmas guy in the world anyway, but I do, I do, you know, I like hanging out with the family and shit, you know, um, and all that stuff. But I I think it's that, I think it's my situation. I also think it's the weather, which is weird. Like this is by far the warmest. I'll take it though. I'll take the weather. Oh, I get it, man. Mm. I've been riding my bike and today I went for like a fucking, a run for like a, you know, I ran for like seven miles and shit and it was in shorts and it was... (laughs) You know, and, and the whole time I'm like, this is December? What the fuck is yeah, going awesome. on, you know? I think my favorite part of the holidays, you know, at the age that I'm at, is has, has to be the Twilight Zone Marathon. That's what I look Isn't forward to. Isn't that New Year's? Yeah, but it's still, you know, I still look forward to it. I'm glad that you said the holidays, because this is another thing that I wanted to bring up, is that, um, you know how there's this whole thing where people are, like, talking about the war on Christmas and shit? So the whole thing is that people are, whether whatever side you're on, People are um, getting upset at people who are saying happy holidays because they think that you're, because you're you're saying you're, you're taking like the Christ out of Christmas instead of saying Merry Christmas. All right. And then there's other people that are like, well, you shouldn't say Merry Christmas. You understand what I'm saying? It's been going on for a few years, but I think I feel like it's it's this year is like the, the biggest like I see shit on it all the time. Mm. But I was thinking my thing is, is that I've always said happy holidays. Yeah, me too. But I didn't ever. Because you're combining Christmas and New Year's, right? You yeah. Can't say Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Who says that? Yeah. So like people are like, oh, I, people are saying that people are saying Happy Holidays because they're saying Happy uh, Christmas, um, you know, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all that stuff, mm-hmm. and they're trying to be politically correct. And there might be people that are doing that. But as far as I've known, my whole life. Happy holidays means Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Right. Like we're in the we're in the same week of these two holidays. I'm just gonna say happy holidays and, and cover, cover it that all. shit. Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't understand why people are getting so pissed off about happy holidays. People just know. want to be publicly outraged. No, I'm, that is definitely the uh that is definitely the new thing. Seriously. It's like if you're gonna take any spirit away from the holidays, it's bitching about calling it a holiday. Right, exactly. <laughs> How could you get mad at that? And 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 the whole Christian angle doesn't make any sense anyway because the whole fucking thing none of it none of it's Christian, you know, like like uh, or yeah, Catholic. Christmas is not even. I think it was a holiday that had nothing to do with Christ in the beginning. Well, like it's a no, pagan holiday. Well, no, Christmas itself. It, it, yeah, Christmas itself has to do obviously. Is, what is it? It's like Jesus' birthday or something like that. To be. Yeah, right. So, but so, if you're a true Christian, you know that Christ was born in September. Oh, well, I see. I don't... Because if he was conceived... I'm a true Fushnik. I'm not a true Christian. Right. <laughs> I knew that. Okay, good. That is... The Fushniks are my religion, just so I you can know. tell by your nameplate, though. Yeah, thank you. It says <laughs> Pakfu, by yeah. the way. Um, but, uh, uh, well, yeah, but, but I mean, I understand that Christmas is celebrating something to have to do with Christ. I mean, Christmas, mm-hmm. whatever. But the tree and the lights and all that shit, yeah, that all goes back to pagan shit. It has right. nothing to do with that anyway. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't, I don't know. Anyway, all I wanted to say is, for me, if you meet me on the street and you say, oh, shit, it's that dude from A High Five. What's up? And I'm like, hey, what's going on? Happy holidays. <laughs> don't, don't, I don't, don't know. outcry. <laughs> don't wear a, a, a fucking bomb vest and run into my house. I, I don't know what people do anymore. Yeah, and it makes no sense to, to complain about that stuff anyway, because if you truly have faith and you truly are religious in any way, that's for your own salvation anyway. Why are you trying? Why are you going to act like you care what somebody else thinks unless you're on some type of Christian? you know war where you're trying to make people christian well that that what you just brought up right there is the whole thing with religion that's it in in a nutshell that is it there's two types of religious people they're the type of people that believe what they believe and 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 find and find their spirituality through that and feel safe in that and 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 practice whatever they want to practice and go on with their life and don't don't you know offend anybody or or what not offend anybody but or even like really bring it into anybody and then there's the type of people who who believe that what they believe is absolutely true and they're willing to kill or die for yeah, it and force and it down that your is the problem you know what I mean? and that is the problem yeah that you know that that's the, the, i saw i would be paraphrasing if i um if i said this quote but it, 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 hit, it hit so hard i was reading it the other day and i was like this is so fucking accurate and I, I shouldn't even say it because I don't know who who said it. I'm sure it was in one of these memes or something like that. But basically, the gist of it was saying that um, how is fighting? How are two religions fighting against what they believe happens after death? Like, how, oh no, see, I'm getting it all wrong anyway. Basically, what it's saying is how is killing each other like helping the fact that we're fighting over what happens after death it's like the most you know stupid thing in the world it just doesn't make any sense yeah, it's, when like, you look it's it almost an oxymoron in a way and i think it doesn't come and, ta- and personally i don't think it comes down to any of that i don't think it comes really comes down it comes down to the basic need of some human beings to feel superior over other human beings exactly and and they and they they hold on to this belief and whether they even believe it or not, you know, whatever, you can't you can't go by that because there's been cases and cases and cases of especially in Catholicism of people that follow the word of the Lord and then do really fucked up shit that yeah. would send them to hell, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, and shit like that. So whether they even believe it or not, it's more of a thing of just I'm right, you're wrong. And I'm willing to take this to the end to do that. Yeah, and it's exactly. just it's human flogs. You know, that's that's basically mm-hmm. what it is. I remember when I was younger, um, I don't know how I got my hands on it, but I used to have a book. And it was all religious phrases. And each page, say it started with a Christian phrase. I don't remember any of the quotes. But let's just say it was a phrase that said, be good to one another. Mm-hmm. It would then go down the list. Wait, of, was, that, was that a Christian book or was that Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? <laughs> and party on! <laughs> but no, it, 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 uh, it started, say it started with Christianity saying, be good to one another. And then it would go down the list, say it said Buddhism and Islam, and just a list of all, all other religions, religions yeah, right. and all phrases that are exactly alike one another. Sure. Yeah. So it's just all the same stuff said in different ways. You know, obviously. You know, well, that, that's the whole thing with religion is like if you if you if like the Bible is a good book to read. 
you know? People don't read it because they think that if you read it, you have to believe in, in Catholicism or Christianity and go to church and everything like that. But if you look at the Bible for what it is, like a book, uh, moral stories, like right. kind of just like the Greek myths and, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I mean, there's some really good stories in there, and it's written really well, mm-hmm. you know? But people, and that's what that book was meant to be, is like, this is these are the things that you go through, and this is the right way to handle situations, right. be good to everybody, you know, take care of yourself, blah, blah, blah. And obviously, there's some shit in there that's dated, like, you know, the, the anti-homosexual shit and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But overall, the general the general point of the Bible is kind of just like a self-help book, right. you know, just like the Quran is, just like, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, and I guess what I'm saying is if you read it objectively and and uh, and don't take into account all the dogma that goes along with everything, you know, you could actually learn some fucking lessons from yeah. it. It's when you take that book and then all of a sudden be like, this is the only thing that matters and anybody who doesn't believe in this needs to die. <laughs> you right. know, that's the problem. But all the religions have the same underlying current in it. And mm-hmm. it's really was just a way to have basically what were primitive people have them, you know, learn hundred percent right. Be able to behave right, and you know, I don't want to get deep into religion because you know, who knows, you know, what what opinions others might have on what I'm saying. But that is one of uh, one of the biggest. Like, for example, my mother was such a religious person, right? Was but, she? Yeah, super religious, really, super religious. But you wouldn't think that, being that she told me I didn't have to go to CCD. Right, I was allowed to drop out. I remember we were fucking jealous as shit when that happened. <laughs> because her whole thing was, you want to learn something about being good? I'll teach you. What is this teacher going to teach you? You want to sit down with the Bible with me? Well, we'll talk about the Bible if you choose. But even my mother, being as religious as she was, believed that Jesus Christ himself, take away all the superstition of the whole situation, uh-huh. was a great person. Right who happened to live in a time of great turmoil where his pe- where his group of people were so downtrodden and stepped on and hopeless and he gave them feeling of hope yeah through his lessons and speech where where they considered him the son of Christ by the way he made them feel about themselves right so he was just more or less a super intelligent person for his time that made people feel great and gave them faith and hope yeah. No. Yeah. Right. Right. I, I look at. I look at. Um. At, well, we could talk about all religions, but let's just use Catholicism as the main one because that is the main. You know, as far as especially in this country, the main target, at least. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. And I basically see it as the Dave Matthews Band. Like, <laughs> here's a, can wait for this one. <laughs> okay, follow me on this. I am. Um. It's uh. It, the, the people involved are nice enough. The message is cool. Some of the songs are great. You know, like you could kick back and listen to some of those songs, you know, and even the even the shows themselves could be like a fun kind of thing to go to. Everyone's got the right vibe. But it's the hardcore fans that make you hate the fucking band. You see what I'm saying? That's the Dave Matthews Thinking band. that Dave himself can walk on water. <laughs> sure, whatever. Yeah. Right. They could crash into it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's the same thing, you know, like like on paper, it's not bad. It's sure, man. Like. You know, like I would, I would be, I'm into this whole thing you're saying, peace and, and being kind to your neighbors and, and all that stuff. I'm into all that shit. But it's the people that fucking freak out and make it such a big deal and ram it down your throats and all that shit that you're yeah, just like, yeah. no, thanks. Yeah, very good yeah. analogy. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I did not just come up with that off the top of my head. Oh, you've been thinking about that? No, no, I totally just came <laughs> up with that off the top of my head. I was going to use Sublime. You could use Sublime to be the same kind uh-huh, of thing, except uh-huh. the songs aren't as good. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how we got on religion, but... Yeah. Well, it's a Christmas season, you know, it's in the air. Yeah. You know. And yeah, I do, you know, but, you know, and everyone's like, oh, Christmas is a secular holiday, but I don't think that's true also. I, I don't, like, yes, more people celebrate Christmas, and even there are some Jewish people that'll still celebrate Christmas, and I understand that whole thing, but there is an air of Christianity that goes along with Christmas, and I get mm-hmm. that, you know, but just because someone's saying happy holidays doesn't mean that they're yeah. fucking trying to t- attack fucking Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I know, man. When I was a child, I used to uh, take this book out of the Hazard Library, and it was—I don't know if it was for entertainment or if it was explaining what people actually believed at a moment in time. But it almost turned Santa Claus into this evil being who would murder children if they weren't good. Oh yeah, like chop them up and put them in barrels and shit. Right. And it used to scare the shit out of me. I didn't like believe it, but the story was so well written that I used to every Christmas I used to get like you know seven eight years old. Wait, so it scared the shit out of you, but you always went back and got it. Always went back and got it. <laughs> like even it's Christmas time, I'm gonna scare the fuck out of myself. Even the cover, maybe that has something to do with why I love the Twilight Zone so much. Maybe I just love getting spooked around the holidays. The whole Santa thing spooks me out. Motherfucker creeps into your house while you're sleeping, and he's out. Rich, I'm gonna tell you something right here on the air that I don't. I, I hope you don't react badly to, but I feel like it's time. You know, it's been 35 years or whatever, but just I just want you to know. And since you know it's coming from me, so so just take it as the truth. But uh-huh. we could talk about it after the show if you want to. It's gonna upset me. I know it. Santa Claus isn't real. He's not. No. <laughs> Sorry. Are you serious? Yeah. So all those gifts I get that say from Santa aren't from Santa. Mm, no, doesn't it look spe- uh, suspiciously like your brother's hand? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Since we're on that topic, <laughs> my mom and my mom was so serious about Christmas. Like she couldn't wait for Christmas every year. If the lights weren't perfect on the tree, she ruined Christmas, and it was just a, <laughs> it was just a hilarious phenomenon that me and my brothers talk about all the time. But me and my brothers, you know, every kid snoops at their presents. You always want to know. You want to know if you got what you want. You know what? I never did that. By you way. never snooped. No. Go ahead. I you just, were just I've, always like, oh, I'm gonna get. Or I've I always it, been no that type. I have always been that type of person. I, I don't mean to fucking to to sabotage your story here. No, I'll just okay. say it real quick. There's. I don't know why, but I've always been that type of person where I would rather that like. Like, uh, like when I'm playing a board game, I've never cheated playing a fucking board game because I feel like, what's the point of playing it? Oh, like, of I, or, and it's the same thing with like, like Christmas and that kind of shit. Like, like even if I could have, I'm just like, it, that'll take away. I, I guess I knew at a very young age that the surprise was, was almost more important than the actual. Oh, piece we of, know that. We of, have it on video cassette, my friend. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you love the surprise. Uh, but yeah, the surprise, you, you know, like in, in, in not in six months from now, you're not going to care about that piece of plastic you get. It's more the fucking feeling. And I guess I understood that, or so, or I was just too much of a pussy, Ooh, that was or very whatever. Sure, thinking, but I never, age. yeah, never done it ever once. And and everybody I know. So go ahead. Yeah. So you know, we were we would snoop uh, to the point where my mom didn't know what to do anymore. Because well, yeah, we, she had three of you fucking running rough. Yeah, all and we wouldn't just snoop. We would go as far as ripping the corner because she wouldn't put the tags on, obviously. But we would rip the corner of the wrapping paper <laughs> to see if it was the actual gift that we couldn't see. Fucking yeah, scumbags, <laughs> little bastards we were. So. uh you know, my mom, she didn't want to put the tags on, but then, you know, the three of us and all the gifts we got, she didn't want to be up late putting the tags on the gifts, you know, going through that whole thing. So she came up with this, like, cryptic 
device. I don't know how to explain <laughs> it. It was almost like a Da Vinci thing where she would write a number and a letter on the bottom of the gift and you would have to hold it in front of a mirror to see it correctly. And then it matched up to a code in this notebook she had, but it didn't really match up. It was almost like the numbers stood for other numbers and it matched what tags would go on what gift. And she she went through everything to keep it a surprise from us. And she got to the point where her little cryptic... I mean, we would, we would try and figure try it to out. Try crack the code. Oh my like God. Like a fucking Indiana Jones <laughs> yeah, or some we, shit. We would hold her notebook up to the sunlight in a certain time of day and see if it reflected the right number we went through everything to get it but she got us she got us good with that little cryptic device but yeah i could imagine man three of us little bastards snooping i can't imagine how horrible your three children are that you have to come up with basically your own (laughs) language in order to hide presents that you scraped and and fucking worked your ass off all year just to make them happy with i know you then had to come up with basically your own fucking system oh man we were so bad like the egg rolls down the chute and then the fucking (laughs) and then the the pendulum swings and cuts the fucking thing it was my mom even came up with her own song when we were being real Really bad, and as soon as you get to the point where she couldn't take us anymore, she would sing, "There'll be no Christmas in this house," <laughs> and then we would just stop. <laughs> yeah, you guys are dirt balls. Yeah, we were bad, but she was great. She was so fun, <laughs> and I think that's another thing. Well, I don't think I've ever felt the same about Christmas without my mom. You know, like yeah. she was Christmas to me, right? Know? Yeah, well, you grew up without a dad, yeah, and and, uh, and you, you guys were your your family was real tight and everything like mm-hmm. that. And your mom passing early on was a it's it sucked. Yeah, and she was Christmas, you know, and and not having my dad was actually a good thing because then I realized that Santa ate milk and cookies, and I didn't have to leave uh, Santa a Bud Light and spaghetti, garlic, and oil. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything about your life that isn't overly Italian? <laughs> Is nope. there one thing about your life that isn't just like straight off the fucking boat Ellis Island <laughs> fucking it, Italian? That's it. Nothing Spaghetti else. and oil. Spaghetti, garlic, and oil and a Bud Light. And then it would be gone in the morning. Like, Santa came. <laughs> Flying his sleigh drunk. <laughs> that's another thing. I don't think I've ever did the, uh, the cookie thing. Well, maybe we did when we were kids. I can't remember. You never left them cookies? Um. Yeah, maybe we did. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to fucking tell. Yeah. But uh, I don't remember there being much of that. You know. Mm-hmm. Actually, my family did Christmas Eve a lot. I don't know. It's all over. Well, the that, fucking map. That, I, you you did Christmas the right way. I always felt like like you put your tree like my tree would go up the day after Thanksgiving, and you would put your tree up like two days before Christmas. Yeah. And you did like Christmas almost how it was supposed to be. You know, and you didn't even snoop for presents. So that's shit, man. Your, your yeah, Christmas but, was perfect. But don't. Don't take that the wrong way. That is just pure the pure laziness that runs through the fairy family. That's all the fuck it is. It's just we're just a bunch of lazy fucking human beings who don't want to do shit about anything. And then we'll scramble at the last minute to make something happen. And that goes through all of us. That's my mother, my father, myself, my brother. We're all the same fucking way. And so that's all that is. There was no plan. There's no planning in that. It's just the like, day after Christmas, just throw the tree in a wood chipper fuck. and end it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> That's great. So yeah, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I don't. I'm I'm definitely not feeling it. I hope that I will in this next week. That the our friend Christmas party is this upcoming Friday. Oh man, I forgot about so that. So I'm I'm hoping that um I'm hoping that that'll maybe kick it in a little bit. Mm. You know, my brother and my niece are are coming back from North Carolina, which is nice. Um, so I'll get to hang with them. Uh, that's the one good thing that's, that's kind of about being around, you know, the area for for the holidays. So hopefully that'll kick me into it. Also, the weather, like I said, I haven't watched any fucking Christmas movies yet. I'm going to uh, try. I'm going to try to get into it. But yeah, 
And I used to watch uh, the Christmas, what was that, with Ralphie, the Christmas story? Christmas story, yeah. Yeah, I used to watch that. I don't even see it on anymore. Oh, it's on all the time. Is it? Yeah. Just uh, while you're watching the Twilight Zone marathon, just click down one and fucking... I'll never unclick that. (laughs) What is your, uh, what is your favorite, I always ask you what your favorite something is on the show a lot. It's okay, I like it. What is your favorite Twilight Zone episode? Good one, good one. Well, there's there's a couple, but I have two that always stand out. There's the one where the Earth is getting closer and closer to the sun, mm-hmm. and everyone's leaving and trying to go to colder places, and those two women stay in their apartment, and they're freaking out. Right. And then at the very end, they're all freezing cold, because now the Earth's going farther and farther away from the sun. Okay. Remember that one? Yeah. And then there was the one that's uh, Beauty in the Eye of the Beholder, where the the woman's going plastic sur- going yeah, plastic yeah, surgery. Yeah. No change. She, yeah, because she's so incredibly ugly, but you never see the doctors or the nurses because the woman's actually really beautiful, but she's on a planet where these people are super ugly, and they want to ship her off to a place where she could be with freaks like her, which is Earth. Right, right. So that one always, that was always a good one. For me. Well, wait, yeah, wasn't it the whole thing? The whole point of that was that that she that she, they thought she was ugly, right? And they and because she didn't look like all of them, and then right. at the end it reveals her face, and she's actually this really beautiful woman, and yeah. they're all nasty looking. But it was because yeah, the Earth thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that one always got me. I mean, there's so many Twilight Zone. The, the, not only are the episodes great, but I could go on and on about. how how you know it was uh, an amazing thing for its time because it was almost predicting things that are happening today there's a lot of that that happened oh, in it. yeah it. sure I and there's a lot it. of moral issues and yeah rod serling himself was just he was a he was a really prolific writer i mean he wrote a lot of those episodes he wasn't just oh, a yeah. host he like wrote most of that yeah. shit you know especially for the first few seasons mm-hmm. and it very was very existential which i'm i'm very into yeah and and another another thing about that show is imagine the time period in which that came out mm-hmm. you know there wasn't anything like that you know it was like i love lucy and the honeymooners and then yep. and then this crazy ass show you know yep. and uh yeah and that's why they still last and they still stick around mm-hmm. i still watch them I still yeah watch and them. like you said such moral it was right after world war ii so there was a lot of you know moral things going on and you know looking towards the future right and um the the mysteries of outer space a right. lot and all that it, it's amazing because almost a lot of his sci-fi are things that we're actually accomplishing today so it's it's amazing yeah I, yeah it's amazing i remember when i was younger i kind of got into edgar Al- edgar uh, edgar Allan poe and the twilight zone about the same time like i think i discovered them both at the same time for mm-hmm. so for some reason those two were always together in my mind and they kind of have the similar kind of feel where it's like like mm-hmm. real progressive kind of stuff for the, for that for that time period. Absolutely, uh, a li- little a little scary, a little horrifying, but always kind of maybe teaches you something in the end, or makes you oh, at yeah. least think about something in the end and stuff. And both of those I consider to be really important things in my life at a certain point. My favorite episode was. Um, I know your favorite episode. Oh, go ahead. No, no, you, you're telling. I'm just saying I know it. That's all. You you do? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Tell me. I want to know. You want to know yeah, if I know? Yeah, I want to know what you're going to... And I'll tell you if it's yes or no. All right. Well, my guess would be the one where... Well, you just said you know. Now you're guessing? Well, now you're making me doubt myself. But what I'm what I'm thinking it is... Well, no. I'm asking you because you have a better memory about me than I do. So, <laughs> so I might be thinking of something and you're going to say <laughs> it. And I'm going right. to be like, oh, yeah, that is it. Uh, it's the one where the guy has the uh, tape recorder and he makes his perfect woman by describing yeah, her. Yeah, I love that episode. Is that your favorite, though? Uh, that wasn't the one I was going to say, no. but that was fucking awesome. And the best thing about that one... Yeah, and, and, he, uh, and, then, and then his wife is like bitching at him the whole time or whatever and then he goes over into the throws in, her in the throws fire, her in a fire yeah. and she disappears it's yeah. very cool um that's not your fave though no my favorite one is the masks one 
the one where uh, where the, the the old the old rich father. That's is. like the scariest one. Yeah, to me. I know, but I used to watch that all the time. When and I was the masks fit their personalities. Yeah, because they were all scumbags. Yep. The father is like the, they're all after his inheritance. Yeah, he's the yeah. patriarch. He has all the money, and they're all just around waiting for him to die or whatever. So he plays one last trick on him before he dies, and he makes them all put on those masks. And then they realize when they take off the masks, or, or did they even take off the masks? It just melts. Oh in their no, face. They, they take them off, and, and then their the face is what? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that was very cool. I very think Rod cool. Serling. I think Rod Serling uh, wrote that one. Oh, I'm sure he did. See now, now I'm fucking in. I'm gonna fucking, I'm going to watch the Twilight Zone since oh, I'm unemployed and I work about all about uh, two hours <laughs> a week with you on this. Yeah, right. And there's been a time where I was almost depressed about going out to New Year's parties because I would rather stay home and watch the Twilight Zone. Yeah, that's how that's how much I'm into it. And people think I'm crazy, but Twilight Zone has such an effect on me where because it runs that 24 to 48 hours, and I would fall, I would try and stay up. But I would fall asleep in between. I would have crazy dreams and it would be playing while I'm sleeping. And I would wake up and keep myself awake to watch it again because it is just affecting my brain so incredibly where it's just spooking me out to the point of where I get sucked in so hard. You know what's weird about that? You just brought up a really good point that I thought about recently with Seinfeld. I know (laughs) know this is weird, but bear with me. I'm with you. So Hulu just put all the Seinfelds out on Hulu, right? And and um, I I don't subscribe to Hulu, but I for that I was like this is awesome. All the Seinfeld episodes are there. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the month free trial and just burn through all the Seinfeld episodes. And I was watching them and I was enjoying them, but I wasn't enjoying them the same way that I enjoy them at seven o'clock or eleven o'clock at night when they're on like Channel Eleven or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why is this? And I realized that there's something about just like watching them on television randomly, like whichever one they put in your face that you're kind of just forced to to watch and enjoy that makes the makes the viewing experience you know and i was just thinking that with the twilight zone like the twilight zone's available we could go get it whatever we want i'm sure there's dvd sets or Mm -hmm. if you wanted to if you're internet savvy enough to to download them off the internet and and have them all on your computer on your hard drive you could watch whatever episode you want whenever but i think that would take away some of the fun i've never even thought of ever doing that and it's one of my favorite shows because you do because just watching it that that marathon there's something special about that like oh, they're selecting the episode for you and you're like okay it's this you can't one wait you got to see what the next, next one, one is. is and yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, 100% 100% and you know what as many years as i've been watching that and as much as the twilight zone as i'm into it I always get surprised by an episode every year whether i like it or not you know they'll always hit me with one that i haven't seen Oh yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Or at least one that you've forgotten. You have forgotten or for a I've long time, right? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I always forget about the Hitchhiker, and that's a good one. Which one's that? Uh, where the girl dies in a car accident, but she's like on her way. Or her, she's still driving, but she's dead, and she keeps seeing the Hitchhiker. But the, he's almost like the uh, the um, escort to heaven or hell, uh, okay, and he's hitchhiking, yeah. and she's afraid because he keeps showing up everywhere she's driving. Right. But uh, you know, she's dead the whole time. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I remember that one. Well, I'm definitely gonna watch it. I don't know. I don't know when it's coming on, but but I am New Year's Eve, baby. (laughs) Is it always New Year's? Yeah, it's always it's always New Year's Eve into New Year's Day. You know, they say 24 hour marathon, but it's actually longer than 24 hours. It's almost like two full days, and it's actually that I just found out in the past year or two. It's always on the Fourth of July. Really? There's always there's two marathons a year. See, I, I don't I don't know if the Fourth of July would work for me though. It's so ingrained into the the Christmas New Year's right New Year's. 
area. Yeah, you, you know? go to the fridge, you grab some leftovers. It's late night. You just go to wash the <laughs> Twilight Zone. Oh man, you got me all stoked for this Twilight yeah. Zone. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. There's not. There's never been and never will be a better show on TV. And I even tried to get into the whole Tales of the Dark Side thing. Yeah, but, I like those. Yeah, but they, they just don't. They don't come close. And and there's also something special about watching the black and white. Sure. Because yeah. then you get those Twilight Zones where. Um, they never really get into color, but they start getting into that. Uh, it's almost a, a different camera perspective where. Well, yeah, the technology was just getting better and shit. Yeah, yeah. and I, as the technology gets better, I, I don't like those episodes. Yeah. I like just. I, the, well, the real, light. real early ones where it's like, it, 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 like the lighting's all fucked up it's and it's all bleached out and yeah. everything like that. And it almost looks like the film's about to burn up. Like, it's <laughs> like, you're like, should you even be showing this? Yeah. I think it's on its last leg. Yeah, like you're going to get that cigarette burn. Yeah, in the right. And then it's going to go, <laughs> like yeah. the fucking closer video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, those, those are the fucking best. Yeah. They're the fucking best. Yep, it's that fucking nostalgia, baby. <laughs> I love it. Your brother, I fucked him. Tw- what was that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was the fucking best. Fucked him twice. What? Uh, now I have to explain this. <laughs> I don't know if we can drop names. I'm not dropping any names. Oh, okay. We were at a bar and uh, and with one of our, actually the same friend that, that I was talking about that I was just texting with, and um, there was a uh, there was a girl there who uh, who was a little surly, I suppose, mm-hmm. and she went to to our friend and said and said, "Hey, are you blank blank?" And he's like, "Yeah," and she's like. She's like, uh, fucked your brother. Yeah, she's like, I fucked your brother <laughs> twice. And then he she was leans- the fucking best. <laughs> and then she leans into him and goes, he was the fucking best. <laughs> Imagine that. I fucked your brother twice. <laughs> it's the best was where'd she get that accent from? I don't know. She became dice clay. Yeah, it was the same. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I don't, yeah, I don't want to go any further than that. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. just want to say that. Anyways. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> we were dying about that for about a month. Oh, it was fucking funny as shit. Like, <laughs> he was the fucking best. Why would you why would you walk up to somebody you don't know and tell them that you fucked their brother? Yeah. And that same night she was on a fucking rampage in the bathroom at the bar. I think like five different dudes fucked her that night. <laughs> you know what? You're the fucking best. Ah <laughs> oh, man. Small she town like, whores, they're the best, aren't uh-huh. they? She came out of the bathroom with like her black stretch pants on backwards. <laughs> it was terrible. With like a little water stain. Oh, that wasn't water, my friend. Mm-hmm. That was not water. I know. You know what I saw? Um, I just read an article today that, uh, that there is a company in China because of the smog. Uh huh. Is that it? Smog? Yeah. Yeah. Smog. Pollution, right. Yeah. yeah. That word just sounded so fucking weird smog. to me when I said it. I thought yeah. I was having a stroke. I was like, smog, smog. <laughs> um, yeah. There is a company in China because of the smog who was selling bottled air, and they sold out of it. No. And you know what that makes me think? Of idiocracy? No, it makes me think, of, we're the space balls. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perry air. Yeah, it's fucking coming true. We're living in space balls, baby. Oh, my God. I saw your quote on Facebook, and I was dying, dying. Right. Um, you were saying how that Holocaust survivor made that quote, and then you were like, B, it's a fucking space balls reference. <laughs> I was dying. Oh, yeah. I, can't, I don't want to explain that. Yeah, whatever. It was, it was a hilarious. stupid joke, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I'd actually good. just got done reading his book. He's a uh, his name is Victor Frankel, and he's a uh, he's he's a well. The first and foremost, he's he survived Auschwitz, mm-hmm. which is insane. His yeah. story is fucking insane. But better he, than Ellie Wiesel. 
Uh, I, I'm not so familiar with that one. Oh, okay. but, but that's the, the only one I ever read. But um, day. but he uh, his his thing, and and I'm if you're listening, that he's been around forever. You know, obviously he was born 1905. He died in the late 90s. People know his story, and I knew about his story for a long time. It just took me this long to actually read his book. But um, he he is a uh, he also invented his own type of psychotherapy called logotherapy. It's very interesting. But I made a I made a joke. I somehow tied Victor E. Frankel and Spaceballs into one joke, yeah. and yeah, that was that was yeah, it. it was good. It was good. But and, uh, and did it, were you actually like uh, quoting him? He really said from suck to blow. No, 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 uh, no, okay. no. He said, "Okay, so here's the fucking joke." Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he came up with a concept called the existential vacuum, mm-hmm. which is basically, and it's more prevalent in modern times. It's basically what it is: is that as as we've as we've um, evolutionized as humans, and a lot of our burden has been taken off through technology and, and modern things like that, mm-hmm. that we've we've been left with a lot of uh, a lot of uh, of free time. And so it's kind of this this bouncing that, that modern humans do between modern man does between um, distress and boredom, mm-hmm. and in between there is what he calls the existential vacuum. So oh, okay. my my little joke was my existential vacuum has gone from suck the blow. Right, right. That's, yeah, that's no, it. it was great. It was great. Thank you. And you know that's interesting in itself because to live through the 1900s, you know, to be born in 1900 and to die right about 2000. You got to have one of the most interesting perspectives on life. Well, this dude is one of the most interesting guys ever because not only did he go through all this, but he was already a psychiatrist. He was already he was already working in a hospital in Austria when the war came there, and and he and he got taken away to these camps. So he went through this whole thing, and and uh, and his, his 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 he was in he was in four different concentration camps. The main one being Auschwitz um, for three or four years. Um, his wife uh, and his wife got taken and killed. His parents mm-hmm. died. He actually had a uh, a visa to go to America to write a book. Right. So here's another thing about this guy: is he was writing a book and was almost done with it. Had a visa to go to America when the war started, and he and but he decided to stay with his elderly parents because he didn't want to let them down. Let the visa expire. If he would have went to America, he would have never gone to the concentration right, camp. Right. Went to the concentration camp somehow through like there you know he's a smart guy and all this stuff but i mean basically surviving until liberation is really just luck it's just dumb luck because mm-hmm. these guards were just fucking they were maniacs and not only guard, another thing that i learned through this is reading this this book is that in other books on world war Two and the concentration camps was that it's not so much the guards that were the worst. It was some some of the which they call capos mm-hmm. were actual prisoners that they gave power to. Right. And as soon as they gave power to these capos, that, yeah. they all of a sudden thought that they were above the other prisoners, the yeah. other Jewish prisoners, which mm-hmm. which were you know, and and then they would beat and kill people. Yeah. So the whole thing was just like a crapshoot. Like if you just looked at somebody wrong, plus they're all suffering from typhus. Mm-hmm. Um, their 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 bodies are swelling and and all this crazy shit. So yeah. if somehow this guy fucking. Um, at 40 years old, he 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 gets out. He's he he survives long enough to liberate. I mean, down to the last second, even the last. Uh, basically, what happened was they the war had come to to Auschwitz, right? Uh, uh, no, I don't know if that was the last one he was in. Whatever his concentration camp was, and um, and they said you you must free all these people. So all the guards at that point started acting like, oh yeah, it's cool. Like like we're cool. We're friends with these guys. Like don't kill. You know, like everyone mm-hmm. started acting like we're cool. We're cool. We were just doing our jobs. You know, and then 
the so basically what happened was they the uh the Nazis started rolling in these these trucks right after they all the people in the camp that was left which wasn't much thought that they were free already they rolled in these trucks and they said these are the trucks that are going to take you to freedom get in these trucks you know and so everybody in the camp was like okay yeah this is it we're free let's get in these trucks you know and, and they're going to take us to the next place and we're finally going to be free this guy Victor Frankel and one of his friends were the last people to get on and they couldn't fit. And so they were like, sorry, we can't take it. We can't take you. And they and they were like, oh, that sucks. What are we going to do? And they're like, we'll send something back for you. Turns out that those trucks, they brought everybody in those trucks to a place, locked them in and fucking burned them yep. alive as, yep. a, as a one last thing. Yeah. This guy down to the last second was lucky with his life. Mm-hmm. And then he went on. Very, to- very similar story to Ellie Wiesel. Yeah. Almost exactly. Yeah, it's crazy the way that mm-hmm. works. But the thing is, is this guy came up with this whole this whole thing called logotherapy. And basically what it is, is it, it, uh, he, he, he uh, quotes. Nietzsche a lot in it, which is a quote that I love, and I know I'm going to fuck this up because I'm horrible at quotes. But basically, what it's what it means is, is he who has uh, the why to. It's basically, let me think if I can say it right. He who has the why to live can be, can bear almost any how, right? Which mm-hmm. is like basically saying that if you have a fucking reason to live, no matter how bad your circumstances are, you could get through it. Yeah, and that's the way that guy thought, and he went on to write a million books and change a bunch of people's lives, and it's very, very like mm-hmm. uplifting and motivational stuff or whatever. Yeah. So if you want a good read, um, uh, it's Victor E. Frankel is the name, and it's called A Man's Search for Meaning, and uh, it's a good book. Yeah, very good book. Yeah, I actually in college I took a class about the concentration camps in Auschwitz. And yeah. It was a psychology class, and I thought it was going to get into much deeper, spookier stuff because the title of the class was uh, Encountering Evil. Right. So I didn't know what I was in store for. I thought it was going to be some crazy stuff. You walk in, and he's in a werewolf costume. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. I thought we were going to get into some spooky shit. You walk in, and it's just him in a werewolf costume. He says, boo, and he's like, and everybody gets A's. We'll see you next semester. (laughs) You have now encountered evil. Yeah, good job. But yeah, it ended up being uh, a class about... The concentration camps and yeah. things like that, which ended up being amazing, and I'm glad I took the class. I don't think there's any better study in psychology than that point in time, because mm-hmm. that is the most evil the human race has ever gotten. Yeah. That's another thing that he says in that book, which which was, which was which hit me pretty hard, is that um, is that no matter what the situation is, no matter what group you're in, no matter what point in time in the world or place in the world, there will always be good and evil. Yeah, and the way he explains it is that humans are the same people who created the, the gas chambers, and then also humans are the same people that nobly walked into those gas chambers. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy when you think about that. Like, how is that even possible that we're the same species? You know, right. one human thought we're going to make this this giant death device, and the other people said it is my duty in life to walk in and die nobly in this death death device. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. It's nuts when you start thinking oh, about all that. Oh, it's totally crazy. This is the funniest crazy. podcast we've ever done. I know. Everyone's got big <laughs> smiles, giggling. But, I mean, it is, it, it, it's taken me a long time to get around to the to concentration camp World War II literature. Um, number one, because it's been, in, you know, it's been in our face. I feel the same way about it as I do as 9-11. It's like, I have to take it in small pieces or I'm just going to get way too upset about it. Right. You know? So totally. like, like I'll, re- I, I'm fascinated by it and I want to read about it. And it's, a, it's a study that everybody should study in, in life. But at the same time, you don't want to get yourself depressed when I take in too much of it. It'll literally like knock oh, me down for a week or totally, so. So totally. This book was like a short read. I got in and I got out. Um, and it's actually, he, he describes some crazy shit, but the whole thing comes from the, the point of, you know, I survived this, you could survive anything, you know, that kind of thing. And it's crazy that you just said that, because there, there's times where I think about 
uh, when my mother got sick, and in a way, I kind of blame nine eleven. Really? Of course, that has no bearing on biological diseases or anything like that. Well, unless but, you were down volunteering at at uh, you know fucking the the site. Right, which she wasn't. She was yeah. just watching it on television. No, I get it. But she was so depressed about that about nine eleven, and she was so obsessed with watching every little bit about what was going on, where she became and she became sick short, like right after, like during and right after. Your your mom passed away in what two thousand three, two thousand two, two thousand two, mm-hmm. which yeah was was the next she year. She passed yeah. away exactly one year after nine eleven. Really? Like almost to the day. Not yeah. to the day, but almost to the day. About a, w- a week and a half difference. Well, I mean, th- that I, that is a, a sound theory to me. I mean, there, there is something to be said about your your outlook. I'm a firm believer that your your outlook in life uh, totally... Can affect your physiological. Affects your phys- yeah, physiologically. Yeah. Definitely. 100%. Me 100%. If, you, if you're depressed... And 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 you feel and you think negative thoughts all the time. I mean, that will that sooner or later that's going to turn into some sort of cancer or something like yes. that. You know, yes, big time. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I totally believe that. So, but there's also you know like your mom. Your mom, I you know I I know your mom just from growing up with her and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But your mom led a pretty hard life. You yeah, know, like absolutely. you know, with your father leaving, she has to raise three kids by herself. Mm-hmm. Then she's middle aged, living with her parents, just trying to make ends meet. Right, and all that shit. You know, and and and. It's it's hard. It's it's hard not to fucking give up sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was rarely happy. Yeah. W- w- without you know her sons, she really wasn't happy. Right. You know. So. But yeah, that's see, that's the, what, what I the way I believe, and I've just learned this recently through all the shit that I've gone through, and I don't think I really believed this way before, and I'll and and that's kind of the reason, like like uh, even last year around this time or whatever, when I was going through all my crazy shit, and I was like a little overweight, and I was like depressed and like all that fucking shit, and I just thought that life owed me shit, like I deserved to fucking have this, and I deserved to have this mm-hmm. job, and I deserved to have this woman, and blah, blah blah, and all that stuff, and then I realized, and and I think that's when. I started like dropping the weight and becoming and, and creating more and all that stuff is I just realized one day that I have to get up every morning and tell myself that I'm going to have a good day and I'm going to do the things that I want to do. Oh, totally. Not that the world's going to give me anything. Nothing will land on your lap. Right. Exactly. That would never happen. Right. Unless you're already rich and spoiled and have everything in the world anyway, then things land on your lap. And I have no idea how that works in this world, but. It does, but the thing is, is when pe- when when people and I and I firmly believe this now too is when people get things. Everybody thinks that money is going to make them happier. It will not. I'm telling you mm-hmm. that right now. Money doesn't mean shit. It just takes away all. a lot of worries. Right. It, the thing is, is that if you have if you have a problem that could be solved with money and you have money, then you don't have that problem. Mm-hmm. Great. Obviously. Obviously, it's better to have money than it's not to have money. Mm-hmm. However, money is not the end all of happiness. As a matter of fact, it's the complete opposite. Mo- and most of the studies that they do of people that have a lot of money are more depressed because they have more stress. They have they don't know who to trust because people are trying all those things. And yeah. everybody knows this is all common knowledge. But but I guess w- what I'm saying is um, is that the people who who have things handed to them, they don't they live rich material lives. But they don't rich. They don't live rich inside lives because there's always a guilt. You're always going to feel a guilt that you did not earn that. You oh, see of what course. I'm saying? Yeah. Well, unless they're soulless bastards, then they'll never feel that guilt. I. But you know what? I I believe that whether they they say it or not, or whether it comes off or not, and and anything like that, 
They feel it. D- deep down inside, people feel yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, we're all humans. We're, we're basically animals. There mm-hmm. there has to be. I mean, sure, there's sociopaths and, and, and people with, with mental issues and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Those people aside, if you're a semi-normal human being, that thought has to be there, you know? Mm-hmm. You, but, but of course, you're going to be, if you had all the money in the world, you're going to be, at least for a, a small period of time, caught up in all your gadgets and cars and toys and, and all the shit that you could fucking, and hot women and or men or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, you're doing all that stuff. And of course, the, but... Sooner or later, all those material things, you're going to realize right. that they're as vapid as they well, are. Also, you know, from another point of view, emotions, a lot of emotions and feeling certain ways can come from experience. So if you've never been in an experience where you've never had to feel or were never meant to feel a certain way, maybe you'll never feel that way. You know, like, wait, run like, this by me again. Like you're saying, you know, we're all humans. We all have those feelings inside of us. Right. Makes sense. But if you're not familiar with certain feelings, what, what makes you necessarily mean that think that those feelings will come out? If if someone who has been handed everything their whole entire life has never experienced um, what it's like to feel guilty or what it's like to feel, um, you know, empathetic towards somebody, what makes you think that they will? If they've never experienced it, well, because it's th- just something that comes within our heart and something that we're born with. Yeah, because I think I think that those things are there. Again, it, money doesn't take away those things, and sometimes it it, it it exaggerates those things. You know, so like you're you're basically saying when you say been given everything, you basically mean like a trust fund kid, somebody who doesn't have to worry about never anything. had to worry about. But anything. you're you're monetizing. And never had to worry about anyone else. But you're monetizing it, right? right. So yeah. and and that and that's the thing right there. As soon as you monetize it, money is does not take that away it it, it just doesn't you mm-hmm. know we we're we're bred in america to think that that's what it is we think that success is a whole bunch of money in the bank and a big house and everything like that but it's been proven over and over and over and over again that the people that have that mo- are mostly the most depressed people you know okay. and, and so but what i guess what i'm saying is that the, the like you said guilt or something like that people are going to whatever the scale is people are going to feel that you know? yeah well i guess that's right it's a scale because it, there has to be a big difference between someone who has uh was born into poverty and struggled their whole life and then became a successful person sure as opposed to someone who was never had a worry in their life and was born into money and never had to worry or experience those feelings. But here's the thing. So if there's if there's a guy who was homeless and then started a business and now he lives like a, a middle class life, right? And ha- maybe has a wife and a kid and, and is happy and healthy and, and has okay income coming in and everything like that. And then there's the the trust fund kid whose parents made a dot com back in the nineties and he lives on a, he never had to work a day in his life and he's and whatever, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Who do you who do you consider to be the successful one? Because I consider the guy who worked from nothing to be successful, even though he might have one tenth of the amount of money in the bank that the other kid has. Of course, I don't consider that success by any means. Successful as as in his own his own personal success, like he could wake up every morning and be proud of himself, and he could, you know, the the success that he made materialistically actually means something to him. 
Yeah. And he will be empathetic towards people with no money because he's experienced it. As right. opposed to the trust fund kid who could give a shit about the, the Okay, poor. yeah, I see it that way. Yeah, well, the classism, sure, then that exists, you know. But, like, let's take the uh, fucking Kardashians, for example. I don't see them as successful people. Like, yeah, they're married to rap stars and they, they have their private fucking helicopters and all that shit. Mm-hmm. I don't see any of that as a success. Right. Maybe the mother, because she kind of built something, you know. I mean, they all had money, but she kind of, like, built this empire or something. Yeah. So maybe I could give her that. But all these fucking vapid children that they have that are mm-hmm. running around just with their titties out and, and fucking and acting like whatever i don't see any of them as successful people right I, I maybe the rest of the world does you know but 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 i but i still think that like you know uh they're gonna go through the same emotions that that other people go through you know on a on a daily basis yeah and and a lot of yeah. times and a lot of times they're they might not be set up for them as much as a regular person who goes through them more would like let's say loss i think or that's grief more of what or something yeah or something like that so when it does happen that's when the, the the fucking you know at some point in your life and i and i firmly believe this i guess is what i'm saying is that no matter how much shit you own and, and i know this kind of goes back to minimalism and all yeah. that stuff but no matter all the shit that you own the amount of houses that you have if you can own your own fucking island and all that crazy fucking shit be the most wealthy person on the face of the earth at a certain point in your life something is going to happen where you're going to realize that none of that shit means anything right and all that matters is how you feel about yourself the work that you've done in your life and how you treated other people and that's of course. it of course and i think that's universal and it's going to happen to anybody and most people and if you really read into it a lot of people a lot of rich famous people have already said that you know mm-hmm. and the guy who works the guy who works from uh really hard and becomes successful you know most of the time they don't care about the money you know, it's not the it's not the money. You know, the money's a nice side effect, and you, then you could take care of your parents, and you, your children don't have your children don't have to want for anything, and you feel like everyone's taken care of and anything like that. But you know, the people that 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 build these empires and all that stuff, you talk you talk to any of them, like uh, the Zuckerberg kid or, or or anybody or Steve Jobs or any of those guys, none of them has ever done. None of them did it for money. They did it because they had a will. They had a why to live. Yeah, and so they bear it anyhow. Right. You know. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. So I don't. Know. We are a bunch Ooh, of funny chaps. Yeah, on this a little episode. touch of the serious, <laughs> folks. A little touch of the serious. Don't worry. Next episode, we'll do another smooth uh, fucking arch nemesis bit Seriously, for ten minutes. I'm about and... to put in one of those arrow things on my head and <laughs> start telling corny jokes. I'm gonna wear an on with stupid shirt, but then not be with anybody. <laughs> yep. So, oh, um, Woo. that took a year off my life. Yeah, that's nah. not, we haven't gotten deep in a while. That's well, that is part of what this show is about. Yeah, is we we're supposed to we we're supposed to talk about nah, those kind it's, of things. It's we've totally just refreshing. Been, we've just been silly for a little yeah. bit. Yeah, no, it's totally refreshing. It is. And then I'm sure I'll get emails now saying like money is the most important thing. And I understand. <laughs> I, I hope so. I understand why people believe that. I understand. I did myself, you know, like one of the reasons that I was in such a fucking like uh, a rut for the last five years of my life was that I was afraid to stop my income source and give everything up. So I so basically what I was doing was I was just sitting there miserable in in a relationship I was miserable in at a job I was miserable in in a situation I was miserable in because I was afraid of the alternative which was giving that up and then being lost which is what I've been for the last year mm-hmm. and 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 I'm telling you right now and it's not like I was making a fucking even a hundred grand a year like it wasn't like I was wealthy but I was comfortable right. you know I was making enough money to live have my own place afford food go out all that crazy you know all that stuff. 
But um, I'm telling you right now, in this last year of giving all that up, making some decisions that a lot of people would look at, and myself included a few years ago, would look at somebody my age, like like leaving everything and moving back in with his parents a little bit and stuff like that, and being like, what a fucking loser. And I understand that. But but I'm I'm here to tell you that these changes that I've made in my, myself in this last year, uh, it, it, I've been the happiest that I've ever been this last year that that I could recall ever. There's a lot to learn from that. Yeah, it, yeah, and I mean, and that's that that's being true to yourself. Yeah, and it it, it doesn't matter the uh, to um, another quote that I go back to all the time um, is from my favorite band and uh, Propagandi, and I have a line in one of their songs. It says, better lives have been lived in the gallows. Better lives have been lived and lost in the gallows than have ever been enshrined in palaces. Mm-hmm. And what that means is if you could be you could be a pauper, you could be the, uh, the fucking janitor or whatever low-level shit. If you're happy with yourself and you're doing what you want to do, then you're richer than any guy sitting on any golden yeah. throne, you know, fitting yeah. stuff like that. Have you ever seen that interview with Bob Marley where they ask him, uh, you know, are, are you rich? You know, do you have do you have a lot of your rich? And he's so confused. He says, "What do you What do you mean? What do you mean by rich?" And they're like, "Well, do you have a lot of money? You have a lot of possessions?" And he said, "I don't even know what those riches are." He's yeah, like I have my own riches, but I don't have any money. Yeah, right. But I have riches, you know. Yeah, right. And I saw him say that, and he was so sincere, and he really didn't know what the guy meant by rich. Right. You know, and it was just amazing to watch him say that. Yeah, well, that's because he came from a different culture than we come from, right? You know, and 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 a lot of cultures out there, they that's true. They they believe that, you know. And here in America, it is just the, the rammed down our fucking throat that the only success is to own the big house mm-hmm. and to be the partner at the law firm. And I'm sure that's and what to makes us look BMW. bad. It makes us all yeah. look bad. No, well, that cultures. that is the the main reason our greed and our capitalism and and our destroying the earth. I mean, that is the reason that there are fucking certain sub sects of people that are out to take down America. Mm. Not that I'm saying that I agree that right. the, that the people should try to take down America. I don't I don't believe in any war of violence whatsoever. Mm. But those are the reasons that people want to come here and do bad things to us is because they're this this country is run by some fucking evil motherfuckers yeah. that only care about themselves. Do not care about us, you know. Mm-hmm. I could talk about this for fucking hours, man. Yeah. I was just reading this thing the other day that pretty much convinced me that I'm never buying a fucking house because I read this whole fucking thing. I read a couple different things where they pretty much just proved that the mortgage system in America is just a way for corporations to basically keep you in one place and work you until you fucking until you're fucking dead, you yeah, know. And and, and 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 I could go on and on for hours about that. I won't. We're coming to the end of the show, but there's so much of that. And you know what? Another thing, though, is um, I think for everybody our age and younger and a little bit older than us or whatever, whoever's going to be around for the next 30 years, let's say, or so. Um, My fingers are crossed, baby. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Um, we, 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 are, we are on the precipice of something big happening in this country because the people are starting to have a voice again because of the Internet. Um, and and the people who may have kind of just been floating through and never really never really recognize the injustices and, and and what's going on 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 a political level on a socioeconomical level all the things in America um, are now slowly starting to 
see that you know one person with like you know a million followers on facebook shares a fucking article about something and then you know the dude in tennessee who you know might just be out fucking shooting raccoons normally sees that shit goes oh yeah this is going on and then tells his wife and his wife tells blah 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 blah. and that's happening right now and i truly believe within the next decade or so there's going to be some sort of you know call it a revolution or whatever you want to call it you know, I, it doesn't necessarily mean people running with torches through the streets or yeah. burning down the White House or anything like that. But there's going people are, are being fed up. The middle class is disappearing mm-hmm. um, and uh, the divide is more than ever. But the thing is, is that people now have more information and more freedom than ever. Yeah. Sooner or later, that fucking th- there has to be something that kind of clashes. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Makes total sense. So I don't know. Sorry to get all serious for you guys tonight. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it whatsoever. Well, you know what? Coming into this show today, I had a lot of negative feelings inside me. I wasn't feeling so good. But just talking about it. I saw that. It, you coming in. Yeah. But just talking about it and just thinking in these ways, I feel a little bit better today. Cool. Good. That's what, that's what this is all about. <laughs> I know. And it works. We'll make dick jokes next episode. Okay. <laughs> just come up with your best dick jokes. All right. Zing. Uh, thank you for listening to the Awkward High Five Podcast. Um, if you would love to help us out, you could go on to iTunes and leave a review. Um, I think we're at 30-something now. Thank you for everybody that has so far. Um, in case you don't know already that we're, we're planning what's called the 100 Review Party. Once we have 100 re- written, written reviews on iTunes, we're going to throw a big party. Everybody's invited. We'll have acts and... Richie's going to swallow goldfish and puke it back up when it's still alive, even though I don't believe that's going to happen and all that stuff. So uh, I have an idea where it's totally prepared and it will happen. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you could do two things to help us. You could go to iTunes and leave a review if you haven't. And you could also follow us on Twitter, which would be a big help so we could get more uh, pre- and post-show conversations going. Mm-hmm. And that's at the that's at AwkwardHI, the number five on Twitter. Also like us on Facebook, all that stuff. And we will see you in a, shoe for, uh, a few short days. Thanks. Surrounded by seeds, I'm lost in the trees. My thirst and hunger seem to increase. The music we made is one to be loved. Every time I dream, I end up above. Hey, lover, where did you go? We first met a long time ago. Thanks for listening to the Awkward High Five podcast. For more episodes, visit awkwardhighfive.com.